Hello, everybody. It's Hope, and I am so excited to share with you that the Simply Pro-Life Teen event is happening again this October 14th. This is an opportunity for young people like you to simply get involved. You will hear amazing speakers talk on topics such as knowing your rights on public campuses, sidewalk advocating, and much more. You will also have the opportunity to get directly involved with pro-life organizations, national and local. On top of all of that, you will be able to connect with other young people local to the area and get involved together. As if that weren't exciting enough, we will also have unlimited tacos and, according to Eric Scheider, the best donuts on the planet. There will be a photo booth, games, raffles, and much more. This event is happening October 14th from 10 a.m. until 3 p.m. in Barrington, Illinois. You can view the link in the description of this show to purchase your tickets today and to get more information. And for listeners exclusively, you can use code PODCAST, all caps, for 10% off your ticket today. That's code PODCAST for 10% off your ticket today. So check the link in the description below. And guys, I'm so excited. So I hope to see you there. million lives have been lost due to abortion. Millions of mothers led astray by the abortion industry. Divorce, sex trafficking, and infertility are at an all-time high. Entering into a movement where this is the evil we face can seem extremely difficult. But I believe that great change is simply a series of small things done consistently. Together, we will learn how to do the small things for the pro-life movement. And together, we will end abortion one baby step at a time. I'm your host, Hope, and this is the Simply Pro-Life Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another week of the Simply Pro-Life Podcast. I am so excited you're here. I have been loving this. I think we're on episode nine right now, so it feels like we're chugging right along, and I'm I'm very excited about it. I appreciate everyone's support uh, on the show and everything. It's It's been a blast. So today's guest is Joe Lazar. Now, Joe and I actually go to the same church, but that's not where we met. We actually met on the streets doing activism. Um, Mr. Lazar, Joe is a very active person in the Chicagoland area, most mostly known, in my opinion, for a lot of prayer efforts outside the abortion clinics, uh, which is really cool and very good. I've been to a few of his organized prayer efforts and everything. He works with and I think for Vision 2020, which is an organizational group in Chicagoland that works on unifying the different groups and putting out efforts and everything like that. And so it's just it's very cool to be able to work alongside him, especially in such a you know tight knit community where uh, everyone's kind of you know, we're all in the same boat trying to fight abortion in Illinois because it's crazy over here. So without further ado, Joe, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Hope. Uh, yeah, your introduction was really accurate and and, uh, and it's good to be here. Thank you. I know I don't normally do like scripted bios unless I don't know the person um, because I try and just do it from how I know them. So there we go. I'm glad I'm glad that worked out. So Joe, I know that you're a pilot. I know that because my oldest brother, Aaron, is also a pilot and he's working on getting into commercial airlines. And so I know he goes to you for a lot of guidance, but you also do a lot of pro-life activism. So what was your first real tug to get involved in the pro-life movement? Well, I would say that happened um, around the 2017 timeframe during that year, because at that time I was doing two things that are sort of connected to 
pro-life activism, but they're, but they're, they're, one of them is more expected and the other one's probably less expected. Uh, the expected one is I was volunteering at the Women's Center. So I was volunteering at a pregnancy center, uh, helping them with events and different things that they did there. But then the other was uh, my family. I think you know this, Hope. My family is from Baghdad. We're Assyrian, not uh, Syrian, but Assyrian. We don't have a country. And the most pro-life related aspect of being Assyrian is that we've had three genocides in the last hundred years. Uh, so, so I was uh, doing different things, actually uh, working a little bit with, alongside the Iraqi Christian Relief Council, which is just here in Niles, Illinois, organizing some efforts for them and uh, just involved with the Assyrian community in general, trying to, at that time, some may recall, that was the time when uh, what is often referred to as ISIS had really gained footing and had really been putting the Christians in the Middle East uh, really on the defensive. So um, they were really struggling. They still are. But uh, our population diminished from 1.5 million in North Iraq to 100,000 in like a year. And uh, so those two things, to your question, those two things were going on at the same time. And then I was invited to join this thing called Vision 2020, a new grassroots pro-life effort in Illinois. That was around the time that House Bill 40 was passing in Illinois, which allowed Illinois to use tax dollars from citizens to pay for abortions, which is... And it's only gone more extreme since then. So, so those were the factors that played into uh, the Lord really placing this on my heart. Like I, I gave you the gift of life and the freedom to not have to live the way your ancestry is living right now in northern Iraq. Therefore, I, I want you to serve me in this way. And so um, that's what's brought me here, Hope. That's why I'm here. That's awesome. That's very cool. 2017, I think I remember going down to Springfield during that time to protest that bill. There was a big protest effort. I think it was kind of during the springtime. Um, yeah, to, to protest that bill. It could have been another one, but I think I think it was that one. We've been down to Springfield a handful of times considering how crazy Illinois is. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, how has this activism impacted your life in any way? Oh, so many ways. You know, overarching way, I think, I believe, is that when anyone, not me, but just me, but anyone, I think, I do believe if you place yourself in the service of the Lord, like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Not what I wanted you to do, but if if you really place yourself before him, he will, he will, he will give you, you with instructions. And if you accept those instructions, well, there will be sacrifices that come with that. It won't always be necessarily perfect and easy and you won't rise to popularity and fame and no, no prosperity gospel at all. That's a false gospel for sure. However, on the plus side, you'll be able to hear the voice of the Lord in other ways as well. So to your question, yeah, what is it? How's it impacted? Well, so a lot of things have happened, obviously, in the last couple of years, you know, have impacted the culture in so many ways. I think that because I've been able to get, a, by God's grace, to hear his voice and know what he really wants for me and wants for my life, I've been able to hear his voice in other things. Hey, Joe, you need to homeschool your children because you're not in a position any longer where they can get a safe, uh, godly education in a public school. And by the way, even a lot of the Catholic schools, quite a few aren't, aren't, really, aren't really raising Christian men and women. They're not. They're, 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 they're promoting something that's really weak and empty in many places. And so, so that's, I think, the biggest impact. Because I was willing, I think, to move in his direction and hear his voice, he could now speak to me in other ways, if that makes sense. Hopefully. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And, and I do think it's so interesting how 
the pro-life stance kind of trickles in, in many, many other aspects of our life. You know, uh, I was just talking to a couple episodes ago, our, we had a guest on, uh, her name was Monica Klein, and she was talking about the sex education that Planned Parenthood offers, I think mostly in public schools, but who knows, it could be other places now, and just how scary that is. And then I was saying how grateful I was for my homeschool, you know, background and education and everything because of A, the opportunities I got, but B, it allowed my parents to raise me how they saw fit, not how, you know, necessarily the schools did. And I think that's so important, but it is interesting to see how the pro-life kind of, once you accept that and you start fighting for it, it kind of plays a role in all aspects of your life. I think it's a really good foundation to have, uh, you know, in that, in that sense. Yes. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I didn't know that you homeschooled your kids though. We do. Yeah. And I, and I did know that you were homeschooled because my wife has, has ran across your your um, mom in homeschool circles. So I, I, I knew that you were, but you didn't know that I was homeschooling my kids. But yes, we are. And that, and that isn't going to change anytime soon. That's so. awesome. No, I, I loved homeschooling. It was very worth it. It was, yeah, it was very fantastic. So I'm very grateful for that. So that's really awesome to hear that you guys are doing the same thing. Did you know there are two things you can do in the next 30 seconds to help end abortion? Yep, and I'm going to tell you. The first is sharing this podcast. I encourage you to share this podcast with a friend, somebody who's pro-choice, or even to your social media. Sharing this podcast with more people makes it so that they can hear these amazing stories and that they can get involved and that they can hear simple ways that they can help end abortion. The second thing you can do to help end abortion is to leave a rate and review. For some reason, the algorithm likes it when people leave more rates and reviews, and so it'll push it out once that is done. So I encourage you, leave a rate and review so that we can reach more people with the message that is, we can end abortion one baby step at a time. Alrighty, back into the episode. What would you say some of the pros of being an activist are? Well, you know, the biggest one is... And it speaks to an even larger topic. But but the biggest one, I think, is that right now is a time, you know, let, let me make an analogy. You know, um, some people that are assessing the economy of right now are saying there's too many dollars chasing too few goods. OK, so here's the analogy. I would say there's too much grace trying to be given to too few people that want it. And so what I would say is that you know, to not be an activist. Right now, that's what God wants. He wants activists. He doesn't want people that want to stay comfortable. He wants activists in the, in, the, in the churches. And then he wants the activists in his churches to go out into the world and do the things that were types of things we're talking about right now. And so it's a crime not to be an activist in a, in a sense. That's what the Lord wants. This is an opportunity right now for sanctity and for holiness. Uh, like never before. Now, now certainly those opportunities have always been around, but boy, are they pouring from the seams right now. I mean, all one has to do is look around at the opportunity to be salt and light, to spread the truth, right? And and it will be dangerous. It won't always be easy and comfortable. What I'm, this, this depiction I'm giving sounds kind of appealing if you're hearing this and saying, oh, well, that sounds cool. And it is cool, but it's going to be uncomfortable. And that's that's the side we all have to adjust to. So it's a crime not to be an activist right now, Hope. I, I know you understand that. I'm preaching to the choir here quite literally. 
<laughs> I actually love, you know, there are two things that I really gather, gathered from that. The first being, you know, talking about being comfortable, you know, it, it's, it's so much easier to stay silent on an issue like this. It's so, so much easier to not talk about it, to not do anything about it, um, to not make it uncomfortable in, you know, work, workplace situations or, or at school or among your friends or something like that, you know, cause it's a lot easier to stay silent and it's uncomfortable. And, uh, it was downtown. Well, it was about a week ago now, a little over and somebody started accusing me of just being pro birth. And I don't actually care about these women. And, you know, the basic, Mm-hmm. pro-choice or accusing pro-lifer of who they think that they are. And, you know, I asked him, I said, well, my name's Hope. Would you like to get to know me? And he said, no. And mm-hmm. I was frustrated by that because I was like, come on, if you're going to make these accusations, like you might as well try and at least understand where I personally am coming from. So I was asking my grandma about it. And she said, you know, Hope, people would rather not know. They'd rather have this picture in their head of who you are and what you believe, mm-hmm. because if they start finding out the truth of who you are and what you believe, and they find out the truth about abortion, they might just have to do something about it and they don't want to. So it's easier to stay blind on the issue. And that's a really hard thing to grasp. Um, but a lot so of people true. do it. So true. Yeah, your grandmother's answer is quite wise. However, I would also say to just so I can get it out, you know, what you did was really important. And even though that person couldn't get to know you or didn't want to get to know you in that moment, oh, d- do not uh for do not overlook the fact that. They, that you may have just planted a seed there one day that will sprout later. Maybe the next person that asks that same question, it, it, maybe the Lord can then use what, what you planted that day to, to finally flourish. So don't overlook that. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I just kind of was hurt by the situation, but I guess that is a good thing. You know, it's something. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now he knows my name and he'll be able to think about it. And that's important yeah. to me too. And then the second thing I got from, you know, your answer to this question um, about the opportunity to to take action, to be a saint and to grow closer to God. It was kind of funny because about a year ago, I said in a speech that, you know, my grandpa always said any news was good news. And Illinois was the most progressive state in the nation when it came to abortion. And the crowd looked at me like they were shocked. And I was like, no, guys, we get opportunities to be saints every day to help these women to save these babies. And it was a nice kind of flip to the negativity we see here a lot. So I appreciate you bringing that up and reminding us that this is, you know, it's hard, it's sad, but it's a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well said. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I would say the same, what you just said. So Joe, obviously there are great things about being an activist, but are there any like trials in being an activist that, you know, you personally want to share about in a way that can help people kind of learn and grow and, and things like that? Well, I would say this, you know, it can be easy to let these types of things become more about us than this being in the service of God. I think that's easy to happen because, sure, at, at times it can feel like a struggle and like, is this is this even worth my time? Am I making an impact, et cetera? But so we, those questions of doubt will come to mind for sure where we need the grace of the Holy Spirit to remind us, oh, no. Oh no, that that's normal, and you need to to put your head down and continue forward. But then also, pride can I think set in here, and we can start to if there is a victory, right? We can start to see those victories as our own, and that's that could be dangerous. So I, I would consider that trial, you know, and this pairs well with what you just said, Hope. So we we just talked about this being an opportunity for sanctity, for holiness. Oh boy, would the devil just love to take a pro life activist and make them a, a prideful, egotistical, 
trophy achiever, right? So I think that's one trial that we all have to kind of be cautious of. We all have to be cautious of that for sure when we're in the service for service of the Lord. I, I imagine that many of our clergy are probably attacked with this type of thing. You know, we they you, we start to feel like we're we're something on our own effort. And we, we can start to sort of put God on the sidelines a bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And it, it's kind of mm-hmm. funny that you bring that up because my uncle and I were just having a conversation, um, it currently being Pride Month right now, about how dangerous pride is. And uh, my wow. grandpa always, you know, when they would go pray outside the clinic, they would pray the litany of humility. And my wow. grandpa, I think, was the most humble person I think I'll ever meet. But he always said, he's like, oh, my least favorite prayer because it does cut deep and it is hard. It is hard to be set aside and to let others grow and flourish and things like that. But it's really important to remember, you know, I'll be, you know, putting on events or speaking somewhere and I'll say my, my, whatever it is, my event, my, whatever it may be. And my mom's always there to remind me that it's not mine and that it is for these unborn children, for these women and for ultimately the greater glory of God. And I would actually agree that that might be the biggest trial of being a pro-life activist. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot Mm -hmm. of people will say it's being ostracized, but ultimately I think it's that pride. No no doubt. You know, since you brought your grandfather up, I think you know that I've met him several times, but, you know, to highlight his humility really quickly, you know, the last time I saw him, I was at the Family Planning Associates Abortion Clinic, former clinic that is on Milwaukee Avenue with my kids singing Christmas carols with him that last year that he was around. And so, you know, that, and I mean, it was really interesting. Here he was, I think he was, you know, not really even feeling that great at the time. He looked like he was just really cold and it was a cold day, the day we were out there. And here he was out there. He was in his 90s at the time, I'm certain. And he's singing Christmas carols. Talk about humility, like fighting for the pro-life movement, literally up until your last breath. And, and you know, that clinic closed not that much after that day. So I don't know. I don't know what heaven, what heaven had in store or what, what uh, was going on behind the scenes there, but I'll just mention that. That's so. so sweet to hear. I have to say again and again, one of my favorite parts about doing this show is hearing all these different pro-lifers story about my grandpa. It mm-hmm. helps kind of like keep it alive. And then I get to keep learning more and more about him um, and how many people <laughs> he really touched. So I just... Oh, I yeah. love that part about this show. It's the coolest mm-hmm. thing. Good. But yeah, he was Good. incredibly humble. And um, and yeah, he, he literally did fight until his last breath, which was so cool and mm-hmm. very admirable. You know, he never t- retired, never planned on it until he passed away. And that's quite literally what he did. I don't even know if he knew the gravity of how much he helped our nation, how much he formed these leaders that we have now, how much he, you know, helped these women and children. And I'm sure he was great at created very warmly when he entered into heaven. And so I know uh, it's so cool. It's so cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. Sure, sure, sure. Well, you and your grandmother and the rest of the other members of your family are carrying on that, carrying on his work in the same way. I've seen your grandmother do many of the same things. So um, yeah, yeah. And it's really cool because even after he's passed, grandma and I have been able to work very closely together on many different projects and travel together and everything. It's been it's been a real blessing to be able to do that with her. And, and she too is so wise. So I'm grateful mm-hmm. for that as well. Guys, it is so important that we do the simple things for the pro-life movement. 
One simple thing that you can do today is supporting this show. There are a couple ways to do that. The first is leaving a rate and review. The second is sharing it with your friends and family. And the third is donating to the show. In the description of the show, there is a link that you can click on that allows you to make a donation. All of these things help me a ton with being able to share this show with more people, getting more people involved in the pro-life movement, and ultimately ending abortion. I want to thank you all for your generosity. It means a lot to me. And now back into the episode. So have you ever had any major wins in the pro-life movement? You know, big victory. Well, well, um, you know, I, I, I definitely want to say in the most sincere way, it is a victory for our Lord. But, but I, I, I understand your question. And, I, you know, I, we are, I mentioned it briefly, but I'll mention it again in, in a bigger way, which is the closure of the Family Associates Abortion Clinic. Uh, I, I do believe that was a great victory for our Lord. Um, you know, most of these clinics that have uh, closed in Chicagoland, you may know this, a lot, pretty much all of them were preceded, preceded by very consistent vigil going on outside they didn't just randomly close so that's a really interesting thing to look at well the one that i just mentioned you know your grandmother had been there like every week on wednesdays praying and trying to sidewalk counsel and i've done that with her on some days and then uh i'd, I'd led 40 days for life campaigns for almost two years there before that clinic closed it was a little after that day that i mentioned i'd been singing the carols out there with your grandfather that it closed down we watched them carry all of their items out as we were out there, about four or five of us at the time, trying to sidewalk council on a weekday. And here they were filing out every one of their belongings in this place of death that we'd been praying would close for years. So that's a great victory for our Lord, no doubt. Um, no doubt I'll mention yeah. that one, Hope. That's, that is a major victory. And considering, you know, I know my grandma's been out <laughs> there for years, and I'm sure you were too. You know, you said back in 2017, I'm not sure if that exact clinic, but you know, seeing the fruits of, of your labor. Um, and, and, and some, you know, from my understanding, it's not like you go out there every single time and you save a baby every single time, but mm-hmm. prayers mm-hmm. are powerful and God is outside of time. And so I think that it's really cool to hear that the consistency in your prayers ultimately got that clinic to shut down. And it was a group effort. It sounds like, which is really, really cool. Have you found a new location to pray at or what are you doing now? I, I sure have. Yeah, um, we've, we've moved over uh, like your grandmother. She's out at uh, we're both out at the uh, Western and Diversity American Women's Medical Center Clinic. It's at the corner of Western Diversity Avenue here in Chicago. And um, there have been babies saved there. Um, and there is a regular effort going on throughout the year and the week of people praying on weekday. And then the 40 Days for Life vigils have been running there for almost a couple of years now. Uh, since that closure that you, you asked about. So, so yes, yes, well, we have, we have moved on and, and uh, we'll continue to do that. That's more really closures. cool. So mm-hmm. is that the same clinic that I went to with you? What was it last February? It was like that oddly sunny day. It was like 70 degrees in February in Chicago. Was that that yes. same clinic? It sure is. You came out with the sidewalk chalk, which I love. It's a great yes. thing. <laughs> that's oh, the clinic yes that's that's the one yeah. yes that's good and how are we yeah. feeling about that one closing <laughs> well on the one hand you know uh on the one hand they've made this demonic industry so profitable that we have to account for that we're we're outnumbered we just are we are not goliath we're david right now and uh, how do i feel about it closing well i don't know 
hope. You know, the only thing I do know is that there's one thing we have that the other side doesn't have and doesn't want, which is prayer. That's the only thing we have. They have the laws. They have the culture, largely, at least in Chicagoland, and they have other vehicles at their disposal. But the one thing they do not have that we have that is greater is prayer. So if there's anything worth taking your time doing, it's it's that. That is the only thing I'm really sure of at this point. Yeah. Yeah, that is a really good point, because sometimes I'm sure, you know, many people, maybe even the listeners kind of feel like, you know, we might not see an end to abortion. And, you know, we saw an end to, to Roe, and that was a major victory. But now it's a matter of seeing an end to abortion entirely. And that's not just in the United States, although it may feel like that. That's across the globe. And that may seem like a major uh, task, if you even want to call it a task. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's a war, honestly. And I, I know I sometimes feel like it might not happen ever. And, but, you know, still fighting it because we should save as many babies as we possibly can. But then again, I, I think about what you just said and, and that point of we have prayer and we have God on our side and nothing and no one can beat him. And so I do think that maybe eventually one day we will see an end to abortion. What do you think about that? Yeah, Hope. Um, I think exactly what you said. I, I would add this. It shouldn't be surprising that it would take uh, such a rigorous decades long effort to rid our land of this type of thing. And and the reason is obvious because we've strayed so far from his plan for humanity. We've strayed so far that the reparation due is immense, immense. And, and if, and if anyone doubts that, well, they need look no further than the cross, right? I mean, if Jesus Christ, the son of God himself had to go through that for the wages of sin, well, well, look how far we've strayed as a culture, as a country, uh, talking about the U.S., who's been given so much. And yet uh, we've we've uh, glanced over casually uh, one of our founding principles, unalienable rights to every human and person and citizen. Well, we've we've just gone gone right over the top of that. You know, we gladly watch a movie like Schindler's List and walk away in tears and say, oh, boy, if I were alive at that time, they, we'd all like to think we would be a Schindler or a St. Maximilian Colby. But then we look outside and we say, well, well no, actually, that's going on now. That's you, you got your chance. Here you are. And it's even the numbers are greater. And so so I only bring that up because that should, in a way, give us some peace that, yeah, you are on the right side. You're doing the right thing. But don't be surprised if you're you're a you're you're just um, you're part of one chapter in the saga of taking down this heinous thing because we've gone so far away from his plan. So that's my thoughts, Hope. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really important, too. And and it is difficult because, yeah, looking back on things like like Holocaust or, or slavery or, or any major, you know, human rights issue of a sort, you know, we we all like to think, oh, yes, I would have done something. I would have said something. I would have been brave enough. And yeah, right now it's happening. And what are we doing? Yeah. And are we doing enough? You know, I I do think that it's crazy that I myself can wake up some mornings and go just hang out and do fun things and live carefree with my friends and, and all that fun stuff. And, and that's good. We should have joy in our lives and we should do the fun things. But simultaneously, thousands of babies are being murdered right under our feet. And it and what are we doing about it? And sometimes that reality hits you and, and you get this little burst of like, I need to do more. And then you do and it's good. But I, I think that 
it's scary how Planned Parenthood hides it because you can put it behind a pretty doctor's office and everything, you know, from what I can tell the doctor's offices are sterile and fine and, and whatnot. And yet the evil that's going on there is so profound. And then they can hide it through the social media, having pretty little marketing graphics that are made on Canva and things like that. And they hide it so well. They hide the evil through all this uh, fake beauty sort of thing. And that's scary. Of course. Of course. Of course. They have to. Yeah. We And, and that shouldn't surprise us either what you're describing because they have the brilliance, the intellectual and genius of the devil behind them. I mean, he's he's not he's not stupid. He's ingenious. He is. He's not God and he never will be. And he can't force this stuff on us. But 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 the brilliance of the abortion movement. I mean, you can see the shadows of the genius of the devil in it uh, as you, you you depicted it quite well, as you point out. Right. To, I mean, who could who could possibly craft something like abortion in a way that would would uh, depict freedom and liberation and beauty? And yet. And yet he's been bold enough and crafty enough to even do that, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And it is scary how abortion has been framed to society as this empowering thing for women and and how they kind of cover it up. It is kind of scary. And and I, you know, I'm proud to be able to work to fight against that and uh, will continue to. And, and I hope many people will either continue or start because it's never too late to start standing up for these unborn babies and uncovering the lies of the abortion industry. And and a lot of people are doing that. And it's so good. Yes. Yes. Praise God for that. Yes. I'm thankful for you and for the other pro-life warriors like you. And they're, and they're propping up in places we didn't always see. I mean, we even have characters like Elon Musk, not that he's exactly an ally in many ways, but but at least even odd characters like that refuting the notion of overpopulation. So I bring it up only for that reason, not yeah. to cheerlead for him necessarily, but just to bring up the fact that that could even happen, right? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It is really good to see. I know there's a celebrity yeah. going around right now, and I'm not sure if she's necessarily pro-life but she is pregnant at her concert and she invites all the pregnant women to like come to the front and sit with her and it's just this really kind of beautiful thing of these pregnant women kind of uniting and dignifying their pregnancy and their babies and and again I'm not I haven't fully looked into it. I'm not totally sure if she's pro-life but it's those little victories and I will take a little victory so Elon Musk kind of refuting overpopulation i'll take that little victory anything yes that will possibly open somebody else's eye up to the reality is a good thing yes yes and and think of the and we, it's good to talk about mention like the scope of this thing right I, abortion yeah at the pinnacle and at the zenith of the nastiness of of what we're discussing but but birth control i mean yeah. Yeah, yeah, i mean the, just the just the word contraception should be a clue in to anyone like that can't be something of God. And we know how that's led to all this. And we know how even this industry we speak of is, is connected to the idea of gender confusion. I mean, Planned Parenthood has, they, they, they know quite well that that may be the next chapter of their demonic work. And, and so one need not look too far to realize Planned Parenthood is well invested in all of that stuff too. And all of it is connected. 
as you know, Hope, I know that you're aware of yeah. that. Well, I think it's no coincidence that Roe happened when it did, because it was right during and a little after the sexual revolution. And you mentioned earlier, you know, how far away we are from God's plan for man um, with the abortion issue. And it should be of no surprise. And and it is devastating to see how we went from sexual revolution to birth control to abortion. It makes it all makes sense. And ultimately, it all goes back to the foundation that Christ is made for humanity and we've strayed from it. And so it's hurting people. And we can see the pain that it's causing among people. You know, I'm not sure if you've heard this story yet, but again, when I was downtown, I uh, I was handing out literature and this, I'll make this real quick because I know we're running on t- low on time. But, um, I, you know, I was handing out literature and this lady came and screamed at me to stay away from her. And so I stood my ground exactly where I was. You know, I didn't get any closer to her. And she kept yelling profanities at me, then went over to my sister to do the same. And I started recording because it seemed as though she was getting a bit aggressive, um, like she would hurt my sister. And so I began recording just to have that in case she did. And uh, she took my phone and smashed it and broke it. And uh, what I kind of got from it was that this world is hurting. And and I believe that it's hurting because of of a lot of things. I mean, obviously abortion upset her. Uh, so she could have some history in her past in regards to abortion. Um, but I think ultimately society is just hurting and, and, and seeking something like God, which we have ready for them whenever, whenever they are willing to accept that and, and want that. But, you know, when we stray so far from God's plan for man, society is going to hurt and we can see that very clearly. That is a very relevant story. This, uh, this, uh, Debate on this topic, if you could even call it that, it inspires that type of response. The one, your story of smashing the phone for a very good reason, right? Because this is, this is a spirit. That's that's a that's a look behind the veil there of the spiritual side of what we're talking about. This isn't about. It, it goes runs a lot hotter and deeper than even even almost any political topic because it's of the metaphysical, isn't it? We know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So second to last question for you, what do you yeah. have to see in the future of the pro-life movement? My first, the first thing I would say I'd like to see would be a spiritual revival. I think that's what we really need. And and I do think it's possible, by the way. So I, I do believe that. I, I, I don't think hope is remotely lost. And uh, spiritual revival, what does that mean? What does that look like? It means... I think it goes back to the beginning of the interview. It means everyone becoming an activist for Jesus Christ. That's what it means. That is I what it means. That. And I do think it's possible. So that's the first thing I'd like to see. And and I would say to that second point, I would make us just a special plea and hope for the shepherds of the church to boldly return to their post. Now, we do have many bold shepherds, so I don't overlook that at all. But but many have strayed. They've strayed from their post, either from cowardice or from uh, downright operation with the other side. And so that would be my second hope, that the shepherds of the church would boldly return to their post and call call the sheep to battle. Yeah. Yeah. I love those things. And, and I, I truly do hope to see that in the future as well. And, and I think that we're working towards it. I think that we're getting there. Um, my last question for you is what is something simple the listeners or I can do for the pro-life movement? Yeah, that's awesome. You know, the most simple thing, and it does matter, the most simple thing, and, and this doesn't sound like an activist thing, and it isn't really, but the most simple thing, I think, is to live with, to live either by uh, yourself or your family, if you have one, but to be a witness in every way 
possible because people are recording and they're looking. Think of that story about the person you tried to talk to that didn't want to even get to know who you were, Hope. Oh, they're listening. They do notice. The neighbors notice. They notice. They do notice. They notice when they see a new baby showing up every every few years at the house that, you know, that family's pro-life. They believe, they must believe that there's something really inherently beautiful about bringing life into the world. Um, when they see a family setting aside Sundays and really giving God his due glory and worship and not not necessarily uh, gathering around uh, the football game or whatever it may be, not that there's anything wrong with that, but, but the way you lead, the way you provide witness in those quiet ways, people are noticing. So live, live a pro-life live a pro-life life in all those little ways and know that people that you are evangelizing people just by doing that, just by doing that. I think that's the simplest thing that people I can think, do. Oh. I think you're onto something there. I think you're absolutely right. I think that that is, I was just thinking about that because we, we've got two little babies on the way. Both of my sister-in-laws are pregnant. One's due at the end of July here and one's due at the uh, end of October. And so, um, but people do see when they're like, Oh my goodness, you guys have more kids coming into the picture. And, um, and every time we just are, we light up and we're all so excited, especially my mom. And, you know, I think that is, you're absolutely right. A total witness. And when people hear Mm -hmm. the size of, you know, our family and the joy that we have every single time a new baby is, you know, welcomed into the picture. uh, I think it really does touch people. And then how they see, you know, you treat Mm -hmm. one another. When I did theater, people are always so surprised. I was friends with my sister. I was like, are you kidding me? I love her. And I think that, you know, you're absolutely onto something there, that the way that we live, we're being a witness to the church and to the movement as a whole. And and I think that you're absolutely right in that. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, for sure. Well, for Joe, sure. thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate it. This was a wonderful episode. I cannot wait to go back and listen on it again. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for all your efforts in the Chicagoland area. It's desperately needed and appreciated, and it doesn't go unnoticed. So thank you for everything that you do. Well, I'm thankful for you, Hope, too. Thank you for inviting me to this discussion. And I just hope that the podcast continues to be uh, to be successful um, and heard by many and to to raise hearts towards our Lord. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you so much for coming on. Okay. God bless. Bye, Hope. Thank you so much for listening to the Simply Pro-Life Podcast. If you like this episode, I encourage you to leave a rate and review and to share the episode. Also, feel free to follow me on social media. It is at Simply Pro-Life on Instagram and at underscore Hope Miller on Instagram. If you want to get on the podcast or have any questions, comments, concerns, go ahead and shoot me an email. It is hope at simplyprolife.org. We'll see you again next week on the Simply Pro-Life Podcast. Thank you.